Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the beautiful game podcast as always i'm your host budge and i'm joined by my faithful two co-conspirators dot and dead gents how's it going i'm good budge man happy one year anniversary happy one year <laughs> anniversary absolutely we've got yeah, to make man. sure we, we we start on that note you know definitely it's obviously. been a, a very interesting year very Trust fruitful me. very fruitful of mm. course 100 percent. Mm. so but feeling good i'm feeling, feeling good, good man, it's, it's a good a very good way to mark the one year anniversary isn't it definitely we've got a real don dada in the room yeah, of course of course of no, course we're excited <laughs> for this one how, how about you Dej? How, how you feeling yeah, happy to be here. It's been a good day, you know, yeah. celebrating the one year anniversary of Paul Cannaville. Went to Nando's, you know, had a lovely meal. Yeah, yeah. Paul's yeah. fully yeah. fed. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. agreed to do this podcast on one remit <laughs> that we feed him well. well Why yeah. did we? <laughs> of course. And, um, you know, as, as, as we so often like to do, the TBG boys are on the road again. Yep. Um, uh, this time in, in, a, in a very different setting. <laughs> you know, we're, we're playing away in, in Fulham. Um, actually like round the corner from Stanford yeah it's 100% but you know what's really really interesting is the fact that um, it's it's an interesting place that um, Paul's decided to live being that his first goal that he played that he scored for Chelsea was in a um, 1-1 game uh, against against Fulham Mm. he scored a volley so I think he he decided to live in Fulham (laughs) just to remind himself of that that that, that, that first goal yeah Yeah, of course Um, but of course as we've already um, we've already alluded to and we um, posted on our our Twitter as well we are joined by an absolute legend um, for for this uh, very special episode today I have so many different things that I can say and speak about and, and you know, reel off in terms of facts, <laughs> but I don't want to ruin it for the listeners. Mm. I'm going to let Paul do all of that. The only thing I will say is that we are joined by the first ever black player to play for Chelsea Football Club, right? This wow. is, we are, we are in the midst of 
a legend, okay? Mm. Uh, a record breaker. Um, and, and we're going to find out about his story today. So without further ado, we welcome the legend, Paul Canneville, to the platform. Welcome, 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 Paul. We're in the midst of greatness. Morning. Paul, how long have we been trying to get this done? <laughs> I know you asked me and for a little while now. It's not a couple of months, to be honest. Mm, yeah. Um, you've stamped on it now. You've, you're, you're here. I'll get you wrong. I told you, as you mentioned before, it had to be a meal. Yeah. Of course, of course. I that was part of the I deal. Can't eat on an empty stomach. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I can't talk on an empty stomach. <laughs> but you know what? Um, we're here. This is, I look forward to it. And obviously, you lads, I told you about what you're doing is tremendous. And Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Who listen, your viewers are listening to you. Yeah, it's the scope. It's the story. Um, some love to listen of the ex-players and I've been given that kind of well, opportunity to share. So um, thank you again uh, thank for inviting me on the show. The pleasure's thank ours. Thank, thank you, you very present. much, Paul. Right, let's let's get stuck in. We've mm. we've obviously had the pleasure of um, speaking already <laughs> off air and we've yeah. already been able to hear so much of the story. So we're so keen to make sure that all of the listeners get an opportunity to as well. So, Paul, let's start from the beginning, man. Mm. Um you know, you, you you from from when you were young, of course. You know, you were uh, brought up by your mum. You had a, your your sister, um, and you were sort of grow, grow, uh, grew up in uh, Southall area. Mm. So, what was what was that like um, being in that part of um, that part mm. of London? Um, you gotta understand that it was being grown up in the Middlesex area. Um, for me, birthplace, um, the Asians. The mm. Dominicans, the Jamaicans, the Barbadians, and mm. you know what I mean? Around us at the time. Very and, cultured area. And the culture, yeah, it was culture because it, at the time our sport was mainly cricket. Mm-hmm. And that was going through our elders from our, our fathers. And you just used to go in the park and everybody used to meet up each other um, as youngsters because your dad was playing cricket and your mother used to fry the bricks, you know what I mean? And mm. the kids used to eat and then whereas we used to be playing some dominoes and that was how it was, as you said, the mm. culture. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, for me, it was constantly playing football. Um, okay. When I say constantly, I mean the street where you used to play five-a-side, three-a-side on the street where mm. it was safe back then at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, if we knew a car was coming, we could see the car at the top coming down. We all went to the curb let the car pass, mm-hmm. continue back with the game. Mm. And that's how it was, you know what I mean, for me growing up. Um, and even when I say that, playing on concrete, come on, man, look at the difference when we're mm. playing on grass. This was concrete. When you fall, you can imagine, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> hit the knees, hit the thing, you just brush that off, continue playing. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, um, most definitely what they, what they say now about that football, um, grassroots, mm. that's the word grassroots was me practicing learning on concrete before yeah all right playing on the pitches of, of grass and so forth and at that time there's many a, a parks that had a football pitch mm-hmm. you know what i mean that i used to play on and i'm i just chilled in it when i say i was talking about earlier um this wasn't me being trained this is me being just natural okay and had mm-hmm. their the natural ability mm-hmm. um and Coming out every opportunity, I remember it distinctly. I see it now. Coming home from school, um, and asking my mum, "Can I go to the park with my ball?" 
Have you read the book yet? Oh, come on. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're going through your fast feed, you know, fast forward. <laughs> yeah, I finished, mum, too. Yeah, all right. And then, <laughs> but before I went, and no word of a lie, I used to watch, a, at that time, you call it DVD now, we used to call it video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the video I used to watch was Pele. Mm-hmm. And I 20 minutes after I watched Pele, what he was doing. Then I would go to the park. I mean, that was me one. I went not only if my mates was in the park, but it was me one with my ball practicing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Running with the ball, doing two tricks and so forth. Until the boys come along, then we can, you know, form a game. Mm. And that's what I did constantly. Um, loved it. Come home in time. And, you know what I mean? Get ready and do your wares and what you, your mum's asked you to do. And, yeah, get ready for your bed. Next day, it's fortunate that I could go to a local club that was, around the corner for us and mm. the first at that time it was a safety haven because mm. you, then your mum knew where your kids were yeah yeah me and my, my sister and um, I enjoyed it because obviously I used to play in their five side little five side pitch they had and yeah stood out so I've been standing out quite a while mm. um, obviously in Southall I was known in the local, local paper and so forth up and coming so yeah it, it was good, good to know that um Everybody was always aware of my ability. Mm-hmm. But I've got to be honest, you know, the two people I really wanted to know um, at that time, it would have been my mum and my dad. They didn't mm-hmm. know how good I was. Mm-hmm. And for my mum, well, I know from the age of five, I told her I knew what I wanted to be. Yeah. I was a professional footballer. And she just said, nah, <laughs> that's what you think. Mm. She didn't see football as a career. Of course. And my dad, he left when I was one, so I didn't even see where I was going yeah. in the direction and it was yeah every game that I went out played for school played for the district I wanted my parent there somebody there that could see how good I was and they wasn't and that was a kind of a downer I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie to you for me I remember it distinctly because there was people there with their fathers and parents there um, but they always come up to me boy you had a good game well done you're going mm-hmm. you're gonna go far mm-hmm. and you just want to show that to my mum yeah. who at that time was looking after the two kids and I understand now um, it was pretty a difficult time mm-hmm. um, my mum coming from the Windrush coming mm-hmm. over here to be a nurse and obviously now her dreams have been stopped because she's now have two kids Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's going to bring up two kids and all on her own without case. support yeah. and help from anyone else bringing you know what I mean on her own and obviously for me I wanted a role model and mm. I wanted that mentor I want that father figure mm. it's funny you say that because from reading the book Black and Blue mm. from Paul Canneville I recommend everyone mm. to grab mm-hmm. it because it portrays your life and you know it shows you know when you were a youngster growing up your relationship with your mum mm. like you loved your mum but it was that sort of tough love yeah. that she gave you mm. and you wanted a bit more you could sense it in the book you wanted That's a bit more affection I'm so mm. glad you, you you see you read that you done your homework <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying because it was it was tough love and I know I loved her but it was like how she went about it it was like you know what I mean you're a teenager and black, obviously when a boy is a teenager you know what I mean you can mm. go astray yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. unless he had that father figure to be behind his ass. Mm. I didn't have that Mm-hmm. So, I was like a lamb. I'm not going to lie to you. I used to follow. And um, mm. when I followed them boys, we kind of... The Dominicans. Yeah. Trust me, they went on the way and got on and did... You know I mean? They weren't doing all good. But I wasn't a bad boy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. I was polite. I was respectful. But I wasn't a bad boy. But, you know what I mean? I wanted to portray that. Because yeah. that was... Mm. Yeah, because I wanted That's to be noticed it. as well. I wanted to At be that age. there. Yeah. Um, 
But the respect I have to have for these boys, don't get me wrong, they knew how good I was at football as well. Mm. So they would keep me away. So, nah, Paul, hey, what, you can't come with us, this one. I said, what okay. do you mean? No, man, no, 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 no. If you get in trouble, hey, what, that's the end of your career. Mm. And it was like, oh, sure. You know what I mean? It was like, Wait. but I realised mm. now what that boy was really doing for me at that time. And mm. I ain't going to lie. Even though it didn't, in a way, start because I did get myself in trouble and end up yeah, and and so obviously at this point of your life, you know, you're exploring different things, you're getting involved with certain people, mm. and I, I I'm guessing that a lot of these guys were older than you as well. So yes. you kind of turned to those to be the the father figure that you didn't mm. um, have, yeah. and that kind of thing. It was, you know, what you said it as is because they were. It was a case of. Um, when I was going home, I used to be down at their house and their mum, their parents showed me so much respect and I showed them as well, good afternoon, good morning, whatever, you know how we was brought up as, mm. as black kids. And I loved the way they was talking to their their sons and, they, and I was like, God, I wish my mum would talk to me. Mm. I mean, how mm. was it there? Or, or did you do so and so? But don't get me wrong, not, not no lost love for her, it was how she was brought up. Mm. And I understand that, and I did understand that because when she took me uh, my first time to St. Martin, that's where my mum's from and my dad's Dominican, that I saw the discipline mm. that these kids were brought up. And I'm thinking of it and I'm thinking, God, mum, why did you leave here? Because that's the kind of discipline I needed mm-hmm. and probably to bring me up a, a righteous, you know what I mean, mm. young kid or a young man, should I say, mm-hmm. at that time. Um, it did turn because I say I saw Granddad boy. Granddad was a serious man mm-hmm. when he taught these kids. Listen, and there's a few boys, few girls, sisters. My mum had, you know, what I mean, three brothers they had, and it was like, wow. So um, yeah, back in England, it was a case of yeah, getting hard. Don't get me wrong, we just learning, mm-hmm. and I say learning your own. Um, Boundaries, mm-hmm. because it was a case of on the street as youngsters, you picked it up quite easy. Yeah, yeah. And when you picked it up, that was your survival. So these kids like being on the street, they think they know it, they don't know it. Mm-hmm. But that was how I had to get strong. I had to learn quickly. So what? Mm-hmm. What would sorry, Paul? What would be your advice to any, you know, like young person that's probably being led down the wrong? Um, avenue what would you say to them now since you've experienced it you know many years ago what would you now say to them I try to honestly tell them which I do um, when I go and I'm doing my um, motivational talk and Um, where do you do these motivational talks just for the listener schools Mm -hmm. I do it um, universities Mm -hmm. Um, I've been kind of honoured really um, and when I say invited quite honestly and I said to you because of obviously the book my autobiography and winning best sports book of the year big has kind of opened yeah. the doors uh, for me and where I've been invited at these establishments and it's to kind of if you don't get nervous I'm nervous in a game when I play every mm-hmm. time so now this is a different career I was nervous I said well are these people going to listen to what I say I'm going to mm-hmm. take it so but when I start and I'm not comfortable I can't stop bro and mm-hmm. um, but for me, and telling these kids going back to that, it's, you know what? Listen to your peers, man. This is one thing you must think. You be aware that your peers have been down the road that you've been already. They mm-hmm. know exactly what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So when we see what you're doing and we see there's going to be a wrong path here, 
trust me, trust on them because they know. Mm-hmm. Take upon that. Yeah, this is the direction where we got to show these guys. You have to let them know because there's not many, there's not many mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We lack yeah. male yep. mentors. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I know this because mm-hmm. I'm talking about the one parent my mum had to go through. It was hard, and I, and I understand. Don't get me wrong. We're not blaming and putting blame on the parents that having to bring up the children on, on the, by themselves. But um, if we can help, if the men out there, if you can help, man, provide something. A strange boy who's going through some difficulties, please do. Yeah. Um, the more they hear, the more they have known that somebody's there behind them. Trust me when I say to you, they will listen. I've mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced it, so I do know. You know what I mean? But yeah, that advice is going down where they you have to give these kids, mm-hmm. no matter what. You can't pass them around. Yes, everybody deserves a chance. I've mm-hmm. I've been given a chance. So just sorry, just another question on top of that. I just want to go back to the football element. You said that from the age of five, you knew that you wanted to be a footballer. Who did you see as like an idol growing up Mm. when you were trying to make it as a professional footballer? Who is your idol? My idol, uh, see, I said to you, I used to watch Pelly, but when it was, I started playing at Hill and the Borough and the likes of um, the late... um, Rest in peace, rest in peace um, Cyril Regis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there then at Southall. And we're talking about the Southern League, mm-hmm. which was known. If anybody knows football back then, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Southern League was a great league mm-hmm. to play in. And that was your grassroots. And me at the age of 15, who was just coming out of Ballstool. And I've been drafted straight in the first team. I was drafted in the young youth team. Mm-hmm. And wow. I hadn't, well, there was a bit of an argument there because um, my cat, well, manager at the time, Colin Barnes, because I really relied on him. And mm. I remember I wrote a letter for him to come and get me out of this board, to please come and get me, I'll do anything. And I had come out early on good behaviour. Mm-hmm. And it was my aunt, to be honest, because no disrespect to my mum, I'm had enough. Um, if you ain't heard that saying, I wash my hands with you. Okay. <laughs> you know the ones yeah. there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So my aunt, Aunt Stephanie, was my Was that, that around the time when your mum moved yeah. up to Slough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's where I had to change, man. And my aunt said, look, Paul, you know you're good at and what you're good at. Mm-hmm. You need to follow it now. Mm-hmm. And she was right. And I just started to take my football serious then. And I was finding some work in the little chemist world. Drug shop, or oh, the boots, that was mm-hmm. it, I remember. And then joining um, Hill and Devara in the um, under 16s. But for that, yeah, I remember Barnsley had some confusion there because he brought me, he put me straight into the youth team. Mm. And some of the parents didn't accept that. I said, What's going on? How long? How come he come straight into him? But Barnsley told him straight because he's that effing good. Mm. If you don't like it, you know what to do. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I played in it, and next thing I know, I'm in the first team. And at 16, in the first team, Southern League, tough. I'm mm. like, boy, trust me. Back then, if you don't know about Woolworths, you ain't lived. Mm. Woolworths was a superstore. Mm-hmm. It was a store that, boy, our parents yeah. went with. Yeah, yeah, shirt, yeah, pick up yeah, pants, yeah, pick up yeah. sock, pick, pick up boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trainers, not even yeah, trainers, yeah. clean sores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah? Woolworths, For us, yeah. my mum had to buy these Winfield boots. That's what they were called, Woolworths mm. Winfield boots. And with me at the time, I used to play football. You know, when you finish it, just dump it in the cupboard. And when mm. you play fish, you say, oh, hold on, 
You know how much money me pay for that? <laughs> if you want to ever continue playing football again, mm. you best watch them boo. And that was the only way I could continue playing. She mm -hmm. made sure every game I had to wrap that boot and shine that, clean it. Mm -hmm. Now, I've been playing with Winfields right from 16, 17, down at Chat, down at Hill in the Borough. And when the manager see them boots, I said, yeah, you need to meet me. I said, well, meet me Thursday afternoon at Ricelip. Now, um, his name was Alan Patsford or something like that. I think he was the manager at the time. And I met him and we went to the Steve Perriman at a sports shop at the time. Steve yeah. Perriman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Went in there and he says, yeah, go on and have a look at him, some boots. And like, the young black boy as he is, he said, well, your head is talking to you. What kind of boots are you talking about? And I'm looking at these boots, brother, and I'm seeing Puma. I'm seeing Adidas. I'm seeing, mm. <laughs> the lever problem was just tough. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but I'm a person, I was like, you know what I mean? I'm a black boy. When a man's offering you to do that, you don't take up the expensive one, you know what I mean? You appreciate yeah, it. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, I picked up yeah. the cheapest, you know what I mean? Pair of boots. And he looked at me, he looked at the boots, looked at me. What are you doing? I said, what? I said, pick up a decent <laughs> pair of boots. <laughs> so my head, what? In the, he said, come on, Paul. Boots that gonna last you, but well, boy, I went back to the section. Yeah, you're looking at the, you're looking at the best line. The best, <laughs> best line of boots I people was like Puma Kings. But okay, they was leather and mm. flap on that Puma King, and it comes over your boot, brother. Did that, and yeah, it was quality. Don't get me wrong. And that damn time, about seventy pound. Yeah, that was nineteen. Early 80 or 79. Must have been 78, 79. That's expensive boots, bruv. Mm -hmm. But those are the boots I was playing in, training in, down at Hillenden. It was just, ooh. And obviously, playing in quality boots like that, it's a difference. Different mm. feel. Yeah, feel, man. Mm. Of course, man. You run them in the stuff ready. Mm. And um, it went from there. Um, For me, I was just, for me, these guys who, who were finishing their career, but still playing at the end of it. It yeah. was the learning curve from these guys. Some mm. of them was complaining at Brighton and so forth. But I learned from them, man. It was like, I told you earlier on, when I started playing football, I used to be a centre-half. But here I am now. I've moved over as a left winger. We mm. call it a wing back winger. And, bruv, I was quick. Ripping and, it up. Oh, mm. man, I had so much. I didn't even know where I get some of them skilled there. Mm -hmm. But I performed it. Mm. And I loved it. Don't get me wrong. And every day... It was a new experience for me, and obviously playing elder, older players. Yeah, I mean, it was older me, like you know, what I mean, still got their faculty, still had their mind, and there I am, a young boy, doing things that they'd never come across. And mm -hmm. um, I remember when we played um, Dover away, mm -hmm. it was like a coach, and trust me, catching a coach first time is like man. And a coach, you know. Mm. By the time I've been on the coach is when the church took us to an out in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that weren't for no football. That was a whole leap of family and girls. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and this is a football thing where you, you stop off and get to look at food and that. Yeah. This is right. You know what I mean? Mm. The youngster looked at it. But two, two, um, I remember playing in the game and I'm broken up this right back. Rocking oh, the time, <laughs> one on one, just oh, taking trust him on me until coming up half time. Man, I might say, Yeah, keep doing that, <laughs> keep doing that, and I'll break your 
black legs. What? Wow. Bruv, let me tell you wow. something. It just stopped me in my tracks. Like, wow. I didn't expect to hear this. Mm-hmm. And like, second half come out now, boy. I've kind of quiet down. Mm. My team's going to say, what's going on? What's going on? I said, no, no, no. And I, when I got the ball, gave it back. But man, man, noticed something's not right. So, mm. And I remember it's distinctly Francis Joseph. He used to be um, at Wimbledon, Brentford. Good boy. Even mm. at Reading when I was down there. And um, he said, what's going on? I said, boy, Joe, man. Boy said he's going to break my legs. He said, what? When Joseph went, he said, whose legs you breaking? Oi, come here. Brother, I'm like, no, no, I didn't mean by that. He said, I didn't know. Of course I did. And it was like, oh, relief. Mm. Started playing football again. Mm-hmm. And that, obviously, for a young boy, was scary. Yeah, mm. of course. Because the man's telling you, you can break your legs. Yeah. And that's your career. You're this saying, saying yeah. professional How football. How can I say that? Yeah. How could he do that? That's... You know what I mean? Just a little short ball and a player coming in studs. A man yeah, can't yeah, do that. Of course. Mm, of course. I had to be fair that. So was that the first instance that you experienced of racism Most in the game? Definitely. Mm. That was the first. I, did, I wasn't aware of it. Didn't mm. know about it. Until that Until point. then. But I was like, wow. And you know what I mean? Obviously, after that, it's always the case. It yeah, only starts yeah. one and then you heard the regular. To... And I started hearing it. So and did you speak you're like, to... You're like 15, 15, yeah, 16? Yeah. Did you speak to anyone about no, that experience? That's the thing. You know what? This is what it was back then. Nobody discussed about it. Mm. Nobody talked about it. You just got on with it. Yeah. So it was a case I didn't complain. It's only that, that, that time when Francis just talked to him and said, yeah, what, roughed him up a little bit. What, mm. come again? That, you know what? If next time I let the man know what's going on. But certain clubs back in the, in the Southern Leagues, were oh some some races some races got mm. and trust me they gave me enough stick um, down the sideline it was like very you know what I mean for me at the time going through Chelsea I ignored um uh, yeah I mean so I ignored it was difficult not to mm. because now you're at the sideline it's not like you played in the middle you played yeah yeah yeah, yeah most, of course you know what I mean so. It was me just getting there and supplying my strikers in winning the game. And we did that at Hidden Den, don't get me wrong, it was comfortable. Mm. I think for me, the birth was um, going to Premier Cups, well, I say Premier Cup, Football League, Division One clubs mm-hmm. for trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went for trials and I've been to a few. I went West Brom, I went Millwall. Southampton. No, like, yeah, Southampton and Chelsea while she was at Hidden Den. Yeah, I went West Brom. Wimbledon, Southampton, mm. who else was there? There's another club that I went to. And it's funny, at that time, nobody says anything to you. Mm. And that leaves you with doubt. Because when you come away, you think, well, was I good yeah. enough or not? Yeah. And nobody's yeah, telling yeah. you nothing. And trust me, I was funny enough, the same um, Thursday when we saw Andy Cole's talk with Andy Cole, um, I was talking to a couple of young lads when I was explaining the same thing what happened when I went to Southampton and we were talking about George Lawrence and then you talked about who's the two twins did anybody know you remember they had two twins mm. that was at Southampton used to play in the wing they went down to Leeds as well awesome. go on well two twins the mm. two black boys um, mm-hmm. they were quick um, I don't remember the name well, not were they current or no 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 uh, back, back then, then. Okay. but they were Wallace Brothers Wallace Mm. I'm not too sure too. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was right. I'm not too sure but George Lawrence was a known striker 
Mm. Big, strong lad. Like, he looked like Syria. He looked like a boxer. Yeah, Syria, yeah, yeah. He looked like a boxer. Solid, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was just supplying the ball um, to him. He was scoring every time. Now, the manager, Menemy. Yeah. Do you remember him? Laurie McMenemy. Laurie McMenemy. Yeah, yeah. And it was weird because I went past the guy and one of the men said to me, you either got it or you haven't. And that was it. And I was like, mm. what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah, yeah, said yeah. nothing. Mm. We was in digs. I was in some digs for that whole week having trials. Nobody said nothing. So you go back. So mm. I've done that three times now. I think, boy, you know what? I must be shite. Mm. I ain't good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's how it was. And then until Chelsea came in and they came in that yeah, come down for trials. But you got to understand this before this story. It's funny because when I was in that ball stall, no mm. word of a lie. And for me now, my life has been turned around. Hear what discipline in ball stall, and you have to listen. Mm-hmm. The man would lock you up. Mm. Yeah, this ain't no freedom. Where I, look, I'm just gonna go down to the news agent and get paid. No, sir, mm-hmm. you're locked up, yeah. and I had to realize that. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we had the sports um, agenda that was there. I joined the team. And the Sunday we had um, teams that came into the the unit, mm-hmm. and we played the Alex pitch there, and I played. Uh, we won ten nil, something like that. Wow. And I scored nine of the goals. Wow! <laughs> I didn't kill off that. So it's funny that the screw, I would call screw, mm. even though I was, tell me, boy, you're good. Why didn't you go and play for Chelsea? I've mm-hmm. never heard Chelsea. Chelsea who? Go mm. with that. Mm. You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean but there I am now at trials at Chelsea. Same thing applies. Mm-hmm. There for the week, and nobody's did nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. It was because of that opportunity there at Chelsea. I, I wasn't playing my full game because I know I don't want to do my, no mm. mistakes. So you, you get the ball, give it like. Play it safe. It yeah. Play it safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say this. Don't mean? do it too much. You can read the game. Yeah. Play it safe. But like, that's not what I want to see. But I went away, still nothing said. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? From that, I said, then I must be. I'm not good enough. Mm. Nobody said nothing. Mm-hmm. So a week went past, and I mean, believe the scout at the time was Ron Stewart, rest in peace. Um, he came out. He said, "What's wrong?" I said, well, "Nobody said nothing. No, we're interested. Come back again." So I came back, and um, I was doing the same thing, playing it safe, until uh, a teammate. Um, Tell you what his name is, um, Wilkins, not Ray Wilkins, his, his brother. brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I'm terrible at names. I know his name is top level, but I mm-hmm. remember the name straight after mm-hmm. this. But he was the right back at the time, and told me straight. He said, "Candice, mate, they don't want to see that." I said, "What do you mean? Said, take me on." Oh. He invited you to take yeah. him on. Oh, uh, and right. me, like I said, "Are you sure? I know what I can do, you know, but they don't want to see that, mate. Mm-hmm. Take me on." And I did. Um, dropped the shoulder. I was gone. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay. A little confident boost I needed. Bam. Mm-hmm. Gone again. And you know what I mean? I was mm. in that. And it was like, bam. Next thing you know, Friday. And governor's call. Well, one of the assistants called. Said, Kenneth, governor wants to see you. And that was the late John Neal. who was the manager at the time. Mm-hmm. I was in the office. You see, like, I don't know, that's me, that Welsh accent. He <laughs> <laughs> said, so, um, look, we're interested. I like you. I like what you do. So the remaining seven months, which was there, 
see what you do. If you do all right, we get a contract furthermore. Wow. But from there, I was now signed as a professional footballer and I was like, yeah. wow. And at that point, did you did you feel like you had the 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 freedom to express yourself in a way that you wanted to? Not, or did not you still yet. feel... All right, I still okay. didn't feel, you know what I mean? Because mm. I didn't know the system. I didn't know what setup this was. And yeah, don't get me wrong. First thing first was, I've now become a professional footballer. Yeah. And how, how was that feeling, Paul? It was a tremendous feeling. Did you think, okay, I've reached my dream. At it, the age of five, I said I want to be a footballer and, and I've now, now accomplished I've that. No, you do think, but you don't think you've done it yet because right now, you want to press forward. You want to now be in the mm, first team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so professional, but you'll be sitting, I saw, I understand there was enough man that's been there for three, four years and still like pay for the first team mm. and still not even being a sub mm-hmm. you, how long do you go by until you're waiting to say to be released mm-hmm. that's what it is so for me it was like boy I was so comfortable I was like playing in the reserves and man I was just in my awe mm-hmm. I was playing on the left wing I was playing on the right wing I was coming across scoring goals I thought I'm talking to myself this is easy <laughs> <laughs> that's, when I'm, that's what I say to you when Hinton Borough was a tough yeah, suddenly was tough. I was learning grassroots. Yeah. I was taking tackles like yeah. I never take tackles. It prepared and had you to get for... up. And when you took tackles and got injured, it wasn't not everyday business. It was Tuesday and Thursday, mm. the only time you can come to the club and get treatment. That's wow. the difference. Yeah? Problem, so you can be out mm. for months with an ankle swell. Mm. You only get treatment for two days. Wow. Yeah. Where and I'm sure that like the tackles back then come on flying yeah, crunches yeah, yeah. <laughs> unregulated there, there, was, there wasn't any VAR to, to, <laughs> no, to no, go no. back and check <laughs> <laughs> that many a time boy I'm, I always kind of use my it wasn't my head because I said I'm so quick all I need to I can see him coming I'll just tap it forward mm. but sometimes you think the tap that's that come flying <laughs> yeah whoosh Take it down, out. man. Boom. Chopper. Yeah, no chances. Yeah, no no chances. Yeah. yeah, man. That's how it was. My ankles were my weakness. Uh, mm. I, yeah, many times I've had to wrap that around. So, um, yeah, to put into perspective, like, you know, you were signed for, you know, £5,000 and you were paid £175 a week. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. put that into perspective, when we see the amounts that players today uh, uh, yeah. is, is mad. But it's at crazy. that time, that was probably perceived as a lot of money. It was a lot of money for me. Mm-hmm. Signing... Um, 20 years old, 21, that was more than enough. Um, I had friends who were working in menswear shop. Yeah. We're just about picking up 60 pounds a mm. week. Here I am, a young boy, only 175 pounds. Mm. And don't get me wrong, um, it wasn't even thought, the thought about money. For me, it was just watching players back in the day on my black and white, well, not my telly, my mother telly, black and white telly, Watching Leeds United, and you know what I mean to say, yeah, I want to be one of them. Mm-hmm. So now you've been given that chance. Yeah, you know what I mean, don't get me wrong. In reserves, it's all right. You see, if spectators and small crowds, mm-hmm. that was it. But I was so comfortable and doing what I want to do. And I think the nerves of breaking into the first team after three and a half, four months, kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, you want to be sub. I was like, damn. And I tell you, man, and there's, there was that little nitty gritty there that mm. was there in amongst some some of the reserve players, because some of the white players that was there, as I said before me, and still hadn't broke into the first team. Mm-hmm. And this black boy comes in after four months, and he's called in mm. to the first team. So, so you felt that friction? Yeah, I felt that. There was mm. a click. There was a click there. Okay, you know what I mean. But 
I didn't mind that. Mm. They ain't stopping me. So you yeah. use that as inspiration to fuel mm. you. That was me. Yeah. You picked me because I've been playing, doing well. I've been playing well. So exactly. here what now? I'm sub. And it was exciting for me, obviously, mm. being a sub and getting my mates, forming man, everybody, finding everybody for this support. Come on, man. I'm sub. You've got to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, don't, don't worry with that. We're there. Mm-hmm. Trust me. For me, I found a found. I said, yeah, man. I just, I'm just, you're looking at a game before you even start. Mm-hmm. You're visualising it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I started to do. I like, mm. Then I'm at the side there watching my right, the right back. And I said, "Oh no, mm. it's too slow. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this, brother? You yeah. don't know. <laughs> Give me the chance. Yeah, mm. you know. So the silent, the banter that's in the change room is great stuff because boys now, you know, what I mean, they know you, you you're nervous. It's a canners. You come on, mate. All the best. Yeah, and every player just yeah, they, they get like, behind you. Yeah, mm. just uh. tap that the old leg. All the best, cannon. And I was like, yeah, man, trust me. I was like, <laughs> so I'm watching the game that it started. It was, remember, it was just, yeah, tight. Chris Palace was a good side at the time, nil nil. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, he's got to get me on. Can't stay like that, nil nil for long. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to understand as well this 12th man is just the one man, one sub we had. Mm-hmm. We don't have one, two, three, what you have six substitute now okay. today. Yeah. One sub. So a man or your manager had to bring on that sub at the right time. Yeah. He's got an injury. You sure? Is he sure he can't come back on? All right. Subs on. That's, yeah. Or it's just a, wait, hold on. Well, want to change the game? Don't know when to bring him on. Bring, mm. Not yet, not yet. But this is what the manager had to make this decision, yeah. So mm. in them times, even just being a sub is a Trust huge me. ring. Big thing. It's a big thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, oh, after I played, I remember there was a, a Liverpool player, Blonde, fair, 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 fair club. Yeah. Remember, and when he came on, changed the game. Mm. He's a score bad. Mm. That was how important <laughs> a sub yeah. was. Mm. Yeah. To change maker. Mm. Change, like brother. A super mm. So that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what I mean? For me, now, nah, Yeah. So how was that feeling on that day, that Monday night, 12th of April, 1982, being brought on for Clive Walker? Big, how was that? Uh, big, that was, it was big, but nervous and frightening. Mm-hmm. All three, can I say that? Because it was big for me being called into the first team and being a sub. Nervous because having that damn time, them taking off... Um, Clive Walker, who's known as a hero, mm, as the well. fan favorite, and favorite down at Chelsea, mm. and then for me. But before that, obviously, just mm. warming up, it was mm. like, whoa. Now I just hear this beautiful, but I never heard it as such at that mm-hmm. level. And then for me, it was like, Ooh, who are they aiming that at? Yeah, and I didn't even look around yet, and I was thinking, whoa, that's 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 bad, man. Mm. But until the man, I look at the man, the man was targeting me and it wasn't mm. just two or three no, this was 40 50 so when i say minority not the majority is minority but that minority was it a was loud minority it was loud and then when you realized that it was aimed at you yeah what did you what was going through your head no it was like i was getting angry and what made it worse i was angry to see that you're wearing a chassis shirt supposed to be supporting me sense so i didn't understand I really didn't. Mm-hmm. As far as I was done, yes, I've seen racism, but not that blatantly in your face like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I deal with it. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm thinking, boy, what's wrong with these guys? 
Anyway, got on the ball and so forth. And it's, oh, I hear this front, bananas and all that. I said, oh, God, really, this ain't the place that I wanted mm. to bring my you know, my family members to mm. see this. But too, too, um, I think, I know that it did disrupt me mm. because I came on and I didn't want to do nothing. Yeah. I, you I didn't want to get the confidence the ball. out of you. Just... The confidence booster was gone. I got the ball and I gave it back to my player. Gave it back. I didn't I didn't run him at all. Mm. Trust me, it was like, whoa. I just waited for the referee to blow his whistle and I just went straight in the changing room. Mm, and yeah. I was in the corner and the lads, they knew right away. There was nobody going to ask, how, Kenneth, you all right? How it, that was a stupid question. Mm. They heard it. That's how blatant it was. Mm-hmm. Um, took a bit of time because I was just clearing my head. A manager who's a brilliant band at the time, he's brilliant. Mm. Um, John Neal um, told me mate I know what you might be going through but these are the same ignorant people that are paying your wages mm. and he was right that's mm. the harsh reality yeah mm-hmm. that's, so yeah. what are you going to do now there were two choices I could run off and say yeah I'm not having this mm-hmm. I've got somewhere else or you just say you know what let me fight this um, and I think I get that from my mum mm. the strength for that she she was, I remember, sorry, because it was a case that she worked in a hotel at first mm-hmm. and doing the laundry. Now, my mum wanted to obviously push herself and she went to be a maid. Mm-hmm. Now, being a maid, obviously, you're in the room, you've got to clean the room, so she wanted to do that, it's more money. So, that position was there and she went in an interview for the position and the position man said that it was gone, mm-hmm. the job was gone. But then her friend, who was white, Went for the same position. Mm. And got it. But mm-hmm. my mum, no, she don't leave it there. So she went back. I went, you told me the position was gone. But my friend has just gone out and you've given her. And to be told blatantly, your kind can't be seen in a bedroom. Well, you're black. With that, my mum just said, yeah, keep your job. And she moved on. Mm. Not moving on to another job, just moved on. Yeah, mm. and my mum, she doesn't stop there. She'll find a job, she'll go. <laughs> yeah, mm. she don't, you know what I mean? You, you never say that. You know that how attitude. it is for us. We'd like, before leaving, we, we have got a position before we lift the job. You understand oh, me? Of course. Yeah, 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 mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because me, I've no job, fix up. Yeah, hey, well, keep your job. But mum, she just didn't care. She yeah. just got and face consequences. That's where she was. So I got that kind of stubbornness, and it wasn't okay, something wrong for me. It was quite easy. I could have run away mm-hmm. or I stayed fire. And I came too far to let those ignorant stop, idiots yeah. stop mm-hmm. me from my mm-hmm. dream. 100%. Yeah. Do you know what? There's, there's a question that I've, I've been wanting to ask for a little while now, Paul. And it kind of ties in with what we're talking about now. Mm. Because what I was going to ask um, earlier on in your career, you know, when you were talking about um, playing for Hillenden and like coming out of Boston and whatnot. Did you feel as though playing football was a release for you where you could like shut everything else that was happening in your life out? Obviously at that time, like like like, like you already said, you know, you're coming out from Borstal, there were issues off the field, mm. right? With family and so on and so forth. So was football a release for you? Like you could basically go on the field and in that t- that, that 90 minutes that you're mm. playing, you you have you haven't got to worry about your your personal issues and personal problems, yeah. or or did you feel like in some ways they affected you whilst you was on the pitch as well? I think 
what you just said there, um, if I was to put it like, I put it like this, it was yes a release, mm-hmm. but you didn't realize it was. Mm-hmm. You love the game, but like, cause I was so eager. Yep, yeah, I want to play football, mm-hmm. but it was taken away what was going around with me yeah. as a youngster at home and so forth. Yes, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that at the time. I mm-hmm. just thought I'm good at it. I love playing football. They want me to play for them. I'm kind of happy there, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But um, it played a major part in my life. Um, going out there, as music does, yeah. music plays a big part in my life. Mm-hmm. There's things that, that you just saw, and just I wanted music. And obviously, some of these music mostly always portrays something that you're going through. Yeah, yeah. Always touches and like, wow, look at what, look at this. I'm hearing this. Oh man, how you know? Just that particularly come at the right time. Mm, like, yeah. I didn't know, yeah. and it always hit me for me. It was a case. It calmed me. It was a karma for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. It calmed me the hell. That music and I, I'm stubborn. I get, I, I get into it. Fits where I say things and I say things that hurt and I mean I hurt because mm. my it was I had a what you call a stingray man yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. God do you suck your dish and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bad. but um it was a case of being patient take your time and music done that with me and some of the time I had to you know what pull back don't I think what it was me I always ran away. Mm-hmm. Oh, instead of confronting instead it, instead of confronting it, because I need to call mm-hmm. that because I didn't. If I went raging, I know I'm going to say something that's yeah. going to detrimental to me mm-hmm. and hurtful for them. That really, I didn't want to say that, but I said it because of your spite. I wanted it spiteful. So with me, um, how it went, I I thought I didn't run away, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't allowed them to take this dream away from me mm-hmm. I've, I've come too far um, and I've had to go through some battles mm-hmm. and I had to prove quite to a lot of people who doubted me mm-hmm. um, and yeah even my mum I had to do that so to come and be a professional don't get me wrong and let these boys come with their racism and ignorance mm-hmm. nah you got to do a lot more than that. Yeah, so how did that feel, you know, going through all of this ordeal and having no one to turn to? So you're having yeah. to, like, bottle it up. I yeah. did. I And mum would say that I... Because I didn't... Um, what's the word again? Um, address it. Yeah. I used to boil up mm. and keep it. And trust me, that was stored, it stored up until... I let it out, but I let it out. My anger was the wrong person. Okay. And everything used to come on and really as you said to address it right there and then which would be more easier mm-hmm. for me I had nobody to talk to and Chelsea they know at their faults at that time because um, never asked me Paul are you alright mm-hmm. are you doing mm-hmm. that was a thought of this mm-hmm. because I have just come from game to game from training to training nobody saying how are you doing how was the week there at that game Paul how did you feel I just got on with it and it had to be boiling up, trust me, because I, I remember one time I played a reserve game and we was playing Millwall, <laughs> of all teams. And I remember it was Dubbers, Jonah, Isaacs, all the players that I was playing. And they come there now, now you see a couple of fans, and this is at the den. And to see two men with a pillow cover 
over with cut out eyes in the in the Seriously. stand. And yeah. to see that, I was like, no, How is are you serious? Yeah. Are you really, really serious? This is not even a, a first team. This is a co- like combination. That's what we call the combination league for allowed to players that weren't, you know, I mean, weren't involved in the first team. Yeah. That can, you know, still run and keep yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you're receiving it and you're seeing, brother, I lost it. I said, are they, are they for real? Are they for real? Bruv, I went inside that change room, got to just boom, 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 just tighten up everything. And I came out of that game. Let me tell you something, I'm an attacker. But I was going on like I was a defender. I was going into some tackles that I could have broke some legs. Mm. That's what I was doing. Well, Referees coming to me. Um, mate, carry on with that. You're, I said, shut the... F- what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was getting on bad. Mm-hmm. But I got tackles. So he had to go over to my manager. Mm-hmm. And tell the manager, look, if you don't control him, I'm going to send him off. Mm-hmm. They had to get me off. But I'm, I, was, I lost it. Mm-hmm. And I lost it where I could have done some damage. Mm-hmm. Was that because broke. you felt helpless that no one I would listen to your... I pro- so yeah. angry to see such... Uh, this, this kind of... Uh, what was it? Abuse, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me and my culture, to my colour... Yeah that should be led here at Den with two white men in a pillow clover representing what you would be called KKK. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I know the history. Yeah, I don't care what you're trying to do. But that alone, nah. I wasn't allowed to allow it to go any further than that. And I had to, yeah, that was for me, do something. Mm. And I felt, you know what? Mm-mm. So did you feel you had to take the law into your own hands? Well, because it was a case. if you spoke out, nothing would happen. Well, it was a case because right now, I, it was still... You've got to understand, we never had no organisations like Kick Out or Show mm, Race, mm-hmm. Racism Red Card. This was me on my own. Yeah. And I can imagine many of black players from other clubs were going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do we talk to? And if you speak out, you're the bad guy. Well, You'll be you painted as the bad you're guy. You're weak. Mm. And I, I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to complain. Because mm-hmm. I know how, if you keep complaining at workplace, it's like, oh, and they'll investigate and think, mm, he's, mm. maybe he's not ideal for the group job. And I didn't want that. I don't want to think in that, oh, you're going to complain every time. So I, I kept it quiet. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I didn't. But at that time, young boy, you think, I don't want to be a trouble maker because yeah. I want to be staying there. Now, after all that, don't get me wrong, going through that seven month, um, I got a f- career, I got a three year contract. Mm-hmm. But they put me to some hell for three years, and I. And and do you did you feel like you couldn't speak to even your family about it? Like at that point in did, time, what was the relationship like with your mum? With that were time. You, let me talk earlier it was rocky mm-hmm. don't get me wrong mum mum it's like one of those when you talk to your mum she was always right mm-hmm. yeah. you know that one there yeah I know I didn't mum you did I tell you I didn't alright mum it was one of those mm-hmm. and I'm right you're right I'm right you're right where are we going mm-hmm. so didn't open up right now my mum after seeing Oh God! What was that program? Um, must have been the documentary. I don't know. Mm. Um, the second one with um Ian Wright. I don't know if you mm-hmm. lot saw that documentary. I think on ITV. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It, trust me, when she saw that, she apologised because she didn't realise what I was going through, mm-hmm. and that's all that time in her. Mm. And she said, "Oh God, I didn't. Why didn't you tell me? Mm. We didn't have that relationship, Mum." Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mum for thought, oh, he's doing what he wants to do. Go on with him. I told him to do some education. He didn't, but but mum didn't know what I was going through. Paul, mm. 
there's one person in particular that you speak very, very highly of, mm-hmm. Pat Nevin. How was your relationship with him at the time? Pat was a breath of fresh air. Um, a boy that could come from Scotland and that's far enough, you know what I mean, coming to the English League. And um, he was a man of culture. When I say culture, he believed in himself. He believed mm-hmm. anything he did believe, he was outspoken about. Mm-hmm. He wasn't frightened to speak about it. Yeah. And that was like, ooh. It's good. Man, this little Scottish way. Um, <laughs> but, but Pat was cool, you know. Mm-hmm. We kind of both related with music. So I was in my music, like the Michael Jackson, the George Bensons, and so forth, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he was into, um, oh, was it call him Cat? We call him Cat something, anyway. Mm-hmm. And quite a few um, um, radio personalities itself. And so we used to go on the coach with our own tapes when even dvd them time or cds as you mm. call it. we had tapes bruv and we put that in in the coach cassette tapes, cassette yeah, tapes yeah. that's the word and um i remember players they used to play the cards that's what they did every time we got the coach it was cards for them i didn't play cards didn't like it too often me and pat we play music he said i've got this one for you he said cat stevens is that the word mm. yeah i played him a tune he said yeah he played me this tune it was cat stevens i was like whoa that's a beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some beat on you. Yeah. Know? <laughs> you know I mean? like, so that's how we was, you know what I mean? Yeah. I said, yeah, like that. And the people say, oh, turn that shit off. I said, turn what off? It went off. Stop playing cards then. I was like, you couldn't tell us nothing. Mm. And we just got on, we bonded. Um, mm. So for him, generally when he outspokenly said, uh, like the second time when we played, mate, um, Crystal Palace, you know, same thing. He won. Well, we won, and he scored the early goal. Mm-hmm. And when the when they interview him, and he said, "Look, I don't want to talk about the guy. I don't want to talk about the game. I'm talking about the racism that my teammate received. It's ridiculous." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Strong, came to come up, yeah." Right, because you know what I mean. They were told the players were told by the chairman, "Do not say anything mm-hmm. about this. Do not discuss anything about this." But here Pat was, you know what I mean, outraged and yeah. telling about it's disgusting, da 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 da. Yeah. And he got in trouble about it, but he didn't care. That was it. I was like, huge respect to him. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had to go to his career. Pat, yeah. Man. yeah, cool. You know what I mean? Because I'm not saying that the rest of my players didn't want to say something, mm-hmm. but at the time, they didn't. Yeah. No one wants to take the risk. Nobody took, yeah, that's the thing, and they didn't. And I was saying, you know what I mean? I just got on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's a guy, Pat, he gave me support where it should have been coming from the club itself. But you know what? Learning. Learning. Fair point. All right, so you were obviously at, at, at Chelsea with Pat and the other boys for for a couple of years. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you moved uh, on to, to Reading. There are, of course, a, you know, a few things that happened um, at the club which resulted in, in, in you having to move on. Yes. Um. And you played uh, and you were down at Reading for a, a season mm. uh, before suffering a very, very nasty injury. Mm. Do you do you recall that game, that moment where you where you where you suffered that knee injury? Does it is yeah, it because it it's implied um on the day something went right and when I say that, um I don't know if I've discussed it to anybody because it's um, what happened we was on the coach again playing against Sunderland 
mm-hmm. driving on away. And uh, I remember I was on the coach and gazing. Usually I partake in some game, but I was gazing out the window, sitting by myself. And um, I couldn't hear nothing. It Like, the whole of the volume on the coach mm-hmm. completely gone quiet. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, until Chelsea was calling me, teammate Michael Jules, Canners, Canners. And I mean, literally, like, how close he was. Mm-hmm. You are now. And I'm thinking, couldn't hear him until he tapped me. Canners, and I turned and everything came back as normal. Mm-hmm. He didn't hear me. I said, nah. And I didn't think nothing much of it. Got to Sunderland. Um, they put me in a position. I'm a striker, or lone striker. And it was done all right. Fast because then we were doing all right. Um, ball came out to me. They had a corner. And the ball came out to me. And I remember distinctly going towards the ball and dragging that defender behind me. And the centre-half used to be at West Ham, if I'm right. So he, he was shite then. And he still was shite. <laughs> but um <laughs> niggling me. And what happened, I come towards the ball. I opened my legs and done the dummy. So I let the ball go through my legs and I mm. twist, go mm. to the right to mm-hmm. go around him. Now with my going right, so you can imagine my weight was going to the mm. right. He's come across his leg, which was above the knee, and took it to the left. So you can imagine the weight, boom. But I'm not thinking of that. I went down, I looked at him, I said, sorry. I gave him all the names in the sun. Mm. I said, wait till I get out on this ball, son. And you know what I mean? I'm thinking, let's take the free kick. So I'm trying to get up now, and my team is now kind of just relax. Just come on, man. Let's just let's go get this thing. Okay, it's a kind of just be cool. The adrenaline was 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 pumping at that point. You didn't feel anything. I'm going. Come on, and boy, kind of just cool. Just look, and I looked at my leg, like laying down. Like, what's that? No, no, no. What's that? You're not seeing right. It's I'm crazy. seeing the knee face one way and I'm wow. seeing the rest of the other face the other way. Oh I'm like, goodness. what is that? And still ain't come to me none. You're not feeling anything at this point. It's just adrenaline. Like, they rushed me straight, straight off in the ambulance, rushed me to hospital. Now this time, what has happened, dislocated the right knee and it's trapped the nerves. Oh, right. goodness and it's me. trapped the nerves like it's shut. Mm. I'm feeling this throbbing pain. I'm like, all right, Something's not right. Everyone now, I need a doctor now. We're on our way though. I need him now. Don't with me. I need him now. And Did they not give you anything to like? like can't do nothing. Like an anesthetic or they something. They can't do nothing, nothing. to you get that. And I'm telling them to cut my leg off. That's how bad. Wow. I was telling them. He said, "Where's the doctor? Where's the doctor? He's coming on. It's coming on his way." I said, "Where's the doctor? It's coming away." All I remember is that they put me to sleep. I woke up. I was in a cast. So um, I didn't think nothing of it. As far as I'm concerned, I've seen injuries. I've seen people that have operation. Mm-hmm. You'll get back in. As mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned, that was it for me. Mm-hmm. I went, come in the morning, saw the specialist. Uh, Mr. Cannibal, you've had one of the worst injuries in football. All right, what does that mean? He said, you might not be able to continue playing professional football. Goodness I said, no, don't be silly, don't be silly. Talk truth. He said, I am talking truth. He said, you said it straight like that. Yeah, your knee. So what was the actual injury? Was it ACL or? It's dislocated the knee. Yep. Torn the crucex, torn the ligaments, full everything. So as far as I'm saying, I'm talking about, yeah, well, specialist, uh, keyhole operation. Come on, gone. But it was there. I can't blame it. It was the local. I was at Sunderland. I had to take a whole plane to myself down to Heathrow to go down to um, the hospital in um, Reading. 
and we're there about you know I think they cut open don't open again put it together kind of thing and um so how was the care you received because you oh, know man. nowadays we've got all the sports scientists yeah, and stuff yeah, so one, how was the medical care you I received back then the care it was like I was getting tremendous it was that really and I was writing books uh, riding books riding bikes I, don't know, mm. ride. Oh. I looked at the book and went riding yeah. books because yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. the book yeah. is in front yeah. of me yeah. Yeah. so I was riding bikes uphill Would you, if you ever ride a bike uphill but your ass is on the seat mm-hmm. yeah so you're not on the seat like you can on the yeah, seat still yeah, and right yeah, yeah. trust me you tell come back and tell me mm-hmm. um, lifting up people on my back whilst on the same position mm-hmm. I did some but yeah because it was bent so I had to stretch it and stretch the muscles mm-hmm. itself to stretch and get back to that flexibility mm-hmm. um, it was the hardest year one year of my life to get back to that because mm. I wanted to play football so um, we'd done all this and I remember the game that we played was against Bournemouth what so this was your comeback game this is my comeback game I'm subbing come on uh, Henry Red now I remember he was the manager <laughs> is it wow yeah he was so 2-2 wow. yeah. so um, got to come on could have been 15 minutes and I'm kind of protecting the right thing you know I mean mm. so I think I've gone in the left or gone with the left but there was a situation the ball came and it came to my right and I couldn't adjust and I'm like my head is thinking Kenneth Kenneth can you take this can you take this can you take this it's talking to me right now mm. but I can't stop I've got to go for it and find out and it was 50-50 and I've gone in and he said damn mm. went like that yeah he took it mm. damn come on Kenneth now come on you've got to <laughs> forward go forward mm. well you're thinking you're back now yeah well uh, that was short-lived because boy mm. went in change room and that it was like a balloon mm-hmm. a swelling that came out so that was another three weeks out and every time I played it that's what happened it just kept on kept swelling on up doing the same thing so management and well I would say I had no alternative but come up to me and say Candice we're not going to renew your contract um, option if you want to retire now we give you some you know what I mean I'm like, you can play out your contract to the end. So how did that, that feel was, at that time? No, that wasn't, that wasn't something that no player wants to hear. Mm. And for me, didn't want to hear it. Mm. Was that, like you'd say, the, the lowest point of your, your playing career? That was the lowest Just... where I went astray. Um, I went down spiral, most definitely. Um, depression hooked in and I wasn't realise I was depressed. I was in denial. Because um, when people ask you, do you miss the game plan? I said, nah, man, I'm loved. Nah, I couldn't. Uh, I did. Mm-hmm. Then uh, cancer, well, not cancer, drugs came in. Yeah. Because you were still young at that point. You, you were forced to retire at 24. Yeah, 24 you still got so much of your playing career, let, let like, alone your own you your life. thinking that, really. Yeah. I'm thinking about, all right, might not be capable of playing for Division 1, but you can still play mm. for Division 2. I'm thinking mm-hmm, I'm going mm-hmm. down the line to my career. Mm-hmm. Totally finished. Yeah. That's all I have in my mind. Here I am now, the thing is first thing, I've got to retire. What do I do? Brother, that was hard. And you wrote about the fact that because it was so abrupt and it came so sudden, Mm -hmm. you didn't think about the future. You didn't think about securing yourself insurance and and making sure that you were set up financially so that you could. Plenty of time. I thought I had plenty of time to do that. Mm. But it's coming, that's what I say, short-lived. When something comes up, man, go ahead and do it. Mm. But um, I didn't, and it was like, wow. 
where am I going here? Drugs that I took over, and I mean it took over. People know me as the house of pie. I, I pure jokes, me, I run. Because at this time. point, after you'd retired, you started um, DJing, right? Well, so you I was mean, going... DJing before that. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Just come at one time. DJing yeah, before that, mm-hmm. me and music go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and right, I, I think when music say way back, you mentioned about how where I grew up in Southall, yeah, in Middlesex. And we're talking about, I don't know if you boys know about this because you might be youngsters, but <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking about Fat Man Sound and Cuxon and Saxon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big man. Them days I wanted to be a roster. That's how yeah. bad I was going on. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah, in yeah. Far Right G and Far Right Trousers, Hush Puppies, the worst. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to learn Bob Marley, Dennis Brown, everything. And I'm mm-hmm. busting at some moves. Yeah. So I'm thinking, boy, I love them back in the day. They were some serious reggae, you know what yeah. I mean? saying clash as well. So me now, it's like, well, music was always there. Used to play out. Don't get me wrong when I was playing Saturday, but this is now turn around, man. What am I going to do? Mm. I've got myself in drugs. That's taking over. It's taking completely over. I'm depressed. I'm in denial. Next thing you know now, um, I've been told I've got cancer. Wow. So when you say what? And a real aggressive form of cancer as well. Yeah, Hodgkinson. It was like, I said, look, man, where did that come from? Nobody's got that in my my family. Mm -hmm. He said, look, between 35 and 40, it enters um, any man can have that. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think it, but I'm more or less a fit guy. Yeah, that. yeah. But well, let me tell you something. That was an experience itself when I was in the rehab at the time and I had to go down to the doctors. They allowed me to go to the doctors. Then I'm um, the doctor after I, I explained what was going on, the cold sweats, the pain, constant pain. I had a pain in the stomach mm-hmm. for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, this is us black people why we're stubborn. I'm going to say this, right? Mm-hmm. We're so stubborn to fear to find out what's killing you or what's harming you yeah you think that we can go for that pain barrier and it stops and that's it the pain's gone or you think you can take that painkiller and think you're that's all right mm-hmm. i'm covered i need to no. go to hospital don't need to see a doctor a specialist or nothing it. like that i'm not gonna lie to you now i was like that is- but i'm sorry you have to as black people we're too stubborn man paul mm. i'm gonna butcher us to a point my dad passed away mm. go and see the doctor if you mm. feel there's something not right don't be ignorant mm. like go and seek help because we have this bravado about us that we're stronger than medication. Trust me. You get what I'm Don't trying to say? So for anyone that's listening, if you're on medication, yeah, take your medication. Trust me, there it's for not a reason. just medication, but if you're not sure, go and find out. It's better to be safe than sorry. It's got to be, man. I'm sorry. Mm. But we've been doing this time. I'm not being racist. I'm just telling you, as it's us black, we're stubborn. Mm-hmm. And especially us man. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, go in. And it took me two weeks before I went and saw the doctor telling me, Cold, the symptoms I had cold sweats the pains next thing you know he's telling me you need to go into hospital immediately like what they ain't telling me what I got mm-hmm. next thing I go to hospital yeah we're operating tomorrow what just sign the papers just like that and I'm like what to have that operation and be told you had Hodgkinson I'm like what's that lymphoma what What? explain to me we have a cure and I'm thinking well of course man I'm thinking cure you know what yeah, I mean that's yeah, what I'm yeah. thinking I'm not like yeah. you said no what, you're going to have chemotherapy alright what's that he said look it's a drip it's like two hours it takes I mean it goes slow into your arm but when I heard that first time I've got a capacitor I think I felt I was 35 something like that I think mm. between eight I felt like I was 70 wow this thing knocked me out for six. I 
that. So I had to take a sitting for the whole month, every other two weeks. Trust me. And radiotherapy. So um, I've come in here, and Mum now, who was about to get married, so I kind of sorry about that, Mum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, "No, she can't marry. She's got to look after me." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because I needed some care, TLC. Anyway, boy, I must be staying by my son's mum at the time, and oh dear, joke, joke, as I do, I'm laying down there. I've got this. No, seriously, I had a cold. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had a cold for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Same again. Wouldn't go into the doctor's office. I'm taking honey lemon, crushing penicillin, thinking, yeah, yeah, let's go. It had not gone nowhere for two weeks. I'm still feeling, uh, mm-hmm. until one morning I wake up. I wake up and I'm, wait, I can't move nothing. Can't move fingers, can't move my arm, can't move my legs, can't move the tours. Wow. All I could move was my neck. Wow. But, uh, um, I think you got to find the hospital. I need the ambulance. I pulled up Miss about. I'm serious. There's no, something's not right. She phoned them. She cussed them. It needs to come. You need to get her now. Kept, trust me now. Got the ambulance. I'm now going in and out of coma. Wow. Yeah. So is that what? serious? Yeah. Well, I just arrived at the hospital in time. Because that's how bad it was. I had a cold and it affected all of my immune system where it shut down. And you know, if you don't yeah. know about cancer really because that was the, that was that's how aggressive that form it of cancer it was the like immune the immune system destroys it. it you can't fight cancer mm. and I was like that until now that nurse it, when it revived me um, she cursed me now don't get me wrong but nobody no woman cursed me but my mother <laughs> nobody I had to take that curse but the only reason why I took that curse because she was a Chelsea supporter uh, <laughs> that's the truth yeah right mm-hmm. she told me how important this thing is dangerous and I ain't gonna lie, I knew what you meant because I had it the second time and I knew something was wrong. And I remember the second time that I didn't want to take any more treatment. I said, no, nah, I don't care. Mm. And I brought my child's mum for support with me. Boy, she cussed me. She cussed me to where she was right. I was being selfish. I wasn't thinking about, well, obviously my kids at this time. And I said, oh, yeah, all right, all right, I'll have the treatment. That was the second time, bro. That was in 2002, and the third time it, it, it was in 2010. So, so, so this form of cancer mm. came came went and came back again. Yeah. So you've been treated. You went through chemotherapy yeah. and whatnot. You you were you were you were um, okay. Like mm. you got cleared from it, mm. and then it came back mm. a further two times. That's it. Goodness you me! See, you you in, what's the word for that? You're in. Remittance or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. but when you're in that like remission, remission, that's the word. Mm-hmm. When I couldn't understand you were in remission, so I had to ask, "What do you mean?" Well, um, it can come back. But what's the whole idea of taking all this chemo? Yeah, the, yeah, that's exactly. what my what's head the point was of going. It? What was the point of taking all the treatment mm-hmm. if you're telling me this can come back? I was fucking vexed, bruv. Mm. I said, "What is that, mean? I can't understand that. Why are you telling me I'm remission? Well, why did you give me this if th- you're telling me this can come back?" And it did, bruv. One, two, three. And trust me, the third, oh, God, I, where did I go? Because I'm working at schools now. I was a teacher, mm-hmm. teacher's assistant. Mm, yeah. Who gives, who's the worst to give colds? Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Kids going in the class and like that. And like, oh, I'm out. I was out, literally. So um, it came to a stage where the teachers, the heads, they pulled up. We 
lucky to be here. But the time you miss so much is when the kids really need you. You know what I mean? So you can make a decision if, if you want to stay or not. But we can't afford these too many absence. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a decision and I said I'm going to give up the job. Um, but for me, it was it's a case after. so much. I then started up my foundation. Yeah. So did, did, you, did, you, did you ever feel, was there, was there ever a point where you were in at home or at the hospital and you felt or thought to yourself, do you know what, I'm going to die? Um, did no. that thought ever come to you? I think the thought of what I was doing at the time, and it was ridiculous, the drugs, I shouldn't be here. Mm. Oh man, I was taking so many, like, I really, it was like a non-curious attitude. So you were abusing your body? I was abusing it bad. And this and was because you were trying to get over the depression that you were facing? Yeah, which I was in, which I was in, still in denial. Yeah, didn't mm. realize. So regarding depression. regarding the depression, do you think what happened in your playing career, getting abused by all these fans, Could not having an part. outlet to you know speak to, do you think all these contributing factors Could and the injury as well? It, I think play the point, mm. major. I I I hate to put it like there was to blame because I think oh, I'm weak again, mm. but no, it was. I've got mm. to be honest. Mm. I was in so much denial that I didn't miss the game. Of course I did. But I couldn't show you that. No, man, I'm a big man. Child. I'm all right, man. Mm -hmm. I was all right. Mm -hmm. So next thing I'm in drugs, I'm all right. Now I'm boring from my brother. I've cleaned out my account. I'm boring from other people, family members. I mean, I'm, in, I'm in denial. Mm. I need to sort this out. And you're borrowing money and, and clearing your account to pay, pay for the pay drugs. For them drugs bro. Trust me, that's how I control it was taking. It was for my kids, the strength. I think the turnaround... And when I say turn around, when I turn around, it was hurt. Is when my son died at ten days old. Wow! And I was in the drugs. When was that? Was that was ninety five or yeah? No. It would, that was I your said, last, your I, last I child. Two and no, but for two thousand, mm. it was yeah. It was around two thousand. It was like yeah, my last child. And when come out, I was so proud. I said, "Oh my god, yes, my son!" And I was working. I was right fixing. Mm -hmm. And then two, two, but I, I. I had to go to the hospital. What do you mean? Something's wrong with the... I'm tired. I said, what do you mean tired? I lost the hospital. And to explain that, you know what I mean? He's got one of these... What it is, um, the two air drugs from the throat here. You mm -hmm. have two. One giving off red, going to give the good cells. He only had one. So he's finding it difficult to breathe. Mm -hmm. um, need an operation. But remember, he's just born. Mm -hmm. And then come back and tell you, we can't operate. It's too weak. So, all right. So, so what, what do you mean? What, yeah. what, what, what happens then? He's going to die. What? Oh In my 10 gosh. days, 19 days time. But, but, you know, no, I'm kind. The days like this, I've got to give him medicine every four hours to make him help me. And, you know what I mean? Mum's upstairs. I'm down in the front with him just so that she don't disturb him. Obviously, he don't still burn. And, you like, know, when you, <laughs> you think, Oh my God! Like, you're, you're so helpless. So it was like that until we went to register the name, his name, and he really started finding difficulty. And like, everybody started to look, it's something wrong with him. And we were looking at them like, "What the fucking do you?" And take him to the hospital, and doctors telling you, "Yeah," shaking his head and saying, "He's going." And he went in my arms. But I mean, oh if my you're gosh. not seeing on telly when. 
You know when the person's giving their last right to it, and they say, that, that's hmm. what I in my arms. And I kind of, I went, I done them. I went back on the drug thing. Yeah. So that, that caused you to relapse? Relapse, bro. Yeah. I went back on that again. That was third time. That was that fucking second time, to be honest. And yeah, that was it. Strong strength again. I took myself into the rehab, not you. Because that was what it was. You know what I mean? People want to help you. Mm. Paul, I'll help you if you need it. It's mm. all right. I could take all the help you want, but it wasn't good for me. I had to be red D. Exactly. It's yes. me, not you. You can't, you can't be in denial. Anymore. I have you to have be to ready. accept it. You have and to help yourself yeah. before others can help That's you. That's the one. And I did that. I said, I grind. I went in and it had to be the, for my kids. It was nothing more. It was more for my kids. And they still today give me that strength. So, um, Coming out that it was hard, um, but definitely it was gave me the belief because my head now was back on. Mm-hmm. I started to think for myself. Mm-hmm. I relied on the thing, and you know I me mean? feel like see when at a time when growing up where I was I was letting out my aggressions on the wrong people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. This time now all that weight had come off. Mm. I ain't gonna lie to you, these two. Shoulders were like so heavy. Mm-hmm. I was rearing at people mm-hmm. who didn't need. I was like, mm-hmm. and having to apologize. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It wasn't you. It was me. Mm-hmm. I knew that, Paul, because the way you were going on, I was like, I did that so often. You know what I mean? I was hurting people. Like I said, my mouth was shut up. Go take your and what now? You couldn't do that anyway. And I was thinking, God, Paul, why? Mm-hmm. And having to go and defend yourself now and just go. And, Apologize. I mean, that's me. I'm hard to apologize because I don't think I do them for wrong. But mm. when you're done wrong, bruv, own up to it. Yeah. Mm. Take yeah. responsibility. Take it. True. Apologize. Well, you believe me or not, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you why. So I did that enough. And, but as I said, I felt good. And um, I think what it was, everybody was looking for me at Chelsea concerning where's Paul Cannon for today? Um, they contacted my sister. And I think there's the anniversary. It was 25th something like that at Chelsea where they were getting all the ex-players down the thing and I thought oh, okay I'm, I'm a bit scared because I'm trying to hold it down thinking they don't know what was happening with me but mm. they knew they, everybody knew wow. so I'm thinking damn man so what happened that they was supposed to organise a cab but the cab took so long and I missed the coach I was so upset they should have known and waited for me they didn't so I was upset about that and um they helped me out. They put me in a room, hotel room. I don't need a hotel room. Man. And there it was where it was um, Neil Barnett, historian. Well, no, Nick, Rick Glanford's historian, but Neil Barnett was always there. Man, with the microphone before the games and so forth, rise up the team mm. with the fans and so mm. forth. And um, asked, no, yeah, yeah, asked me to go on the Chelsea TV. Yeah, being a. I didn't know. Definitely now coming back to Chelsea mm. was now a whole stadium, seated stadium. I played with it. Was a shed, the notorious <laughs> shed, yeah. shed as he called it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, then weren't jocking in there. Mm. Hey, nigga, go home. Now you could see a couple of black men wasn't amongst them. Among, don't get me wrong, they couldn't get on with that. Right? We say, mm. Babsy, man, and man. It was in the fan base. It was in just shedding. You chatting races, it knock you out. But I was getting on the east side. I was like, what the? Mm. But this is what, you know what I mean? Curve come up where now 
I was asked to um, help with my autobiography, Black and Blue. Mm-hmm. And, um, they got black, black and blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, you know what? I didn't expect the turnout as it's as it received. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a case of being able, and I talked to you before that, it was getting permission from my mum because it was a lot more about football. You understand this? Black and blue is not football, man. It's a lot more. It's life, and man. And trust me, I'm not going by it. I'm just going by what people have been telling me. And I've not even read my own book. That's to show you. I just have it in my mind already. Mm. You know what I mean? But when you come over and tell me, Paul, what happened there? I can tell you straight. But mm. people are reading it and say, well, I can relate to that. But mm. you went through some shit. Yeah. So, um, and everyone who's listening, you really, like, like Dej said earlier, you really need to make sure you read this book because this interview is just touching, not even touching the surface, the surface of, of what, this story is all about honestly you need to make sure you you do read it but the thing is about black and blue what i took from it is that it's not just about football it's about paul canneville the man and it teaches like life lessons Mm. and that's like one of the big things i took away from Mm. reading your book i respect that you know what and as i said because see what thursday brought to me Mm. i related with andy Mm. i related so bad with andy Mm. that's how we brought up bro same thing as dad like cricket. Same yeah, thing with yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, we could yeah, see you standing up, kicking yeah. the ball. Yeah. 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 Dude, was stubbornness. I was like, the same stubbornness, like, but with me, I didn't make no noise. I didn't stampede. Like, I think it was later, obviously, later on that Andy played before mm, me. Yes, mm. yes. But at them time, you know what I mean? I wanted to do the same thing, bro. I said, hey, we're going to suck your ball and, like, yeah, and walk. Yeah. But mm. you walk, you've lost. And I was like, no. Nah. But at the same time, building up and people that was arguing with, shut up, man. What's wrong with you? And want to fight them, you know? And no reason to fight them. Mm. Taking it out of the real person. Mm. Yeah. So this is what I was going through this football, right? And like, man, ah, boy, 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 why are you playing that racist side like that? I said, no, man, they're not a racist side. It's just the majority, mm-hmm. a minority. It's not the club itself. But you don't understand. Part of it might have been that club. Yeah? And changes need to be done. Mm. And this is where we are today. Mm. This is where we are today. Now, I can only talk about my club. Mm. That was the old regime. Yeah. Didn't didn't look at things themselves and more or less waited. Mm-hmm. And then instead of taking the opportunity. So they weren't and, proactive, they were reactive. Yeah, that's the word. You should have really come down. You, you know, hey, what now? This guy is taking so much shit. Mm. Let's see if he's all right. Mm. You never did that once. Then you got an individual, you know, I mean, racially abusing you, and you're being kicked out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and that was the final straw of your time at Chelsea, wasn't it? When when you like, had that wrong, little fallout. I didn't want to mm. go. I didn't want to leave Chelsea. That was presented to me, mm-hmm. and phone call, not to return. I couldn't even say bye to my teammates, but I was gone. So, you know what I mean? All things like that has gone through. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm upset. I'm not bitter. I can't say I'm bitter about it because I'd still not be playing for Chelsea. I wouldn't be working for Chelsea if I was bitter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so how's your club. relationship with the club right now? Because obviously could... a lot of water's mm. passed under the bridge. It's um helpful mm-hmm. at this moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What I bring to Chelsea is not about what just I can bring to Chelsea, what, how I think Chelsea are. Um, is where I can support mm-hmm. and whether that's going and talking with the academy boys mm. and talking about how you know what I mean my story is 
and where they are now, the behaviour, structure of being a professional footballer mm-hmm. starts here. So I learned that. My work, where I go around in schools and so forth, with Chelsea, it it can be hard. Mm. You know what I mean? But um, I think we're building up a relationship. Mm. And I think people can see that by the work I've been doing. Mm-hmm. So it can only improve. Can only get better yeah. right now. This is it. This is where we are. Um, this is what the club is doing. And as I said, this is the new regime mm. of trying to eradicate, eradicate, shall I say, mm. racism. 100% and anti-Semitism as yeah, well everything man hmm. and, and, it, and it's, so, it's so important to have figures like you, yourself back mm. at the club to get to offer that different perspective and that mm. point of view I mean it must be so refreshing to see the progress that's of course we know that there are still issues fundamental issues that need to be addressed yeah. but to see the progress from yourself in your playing days being the first black player to play for Chelsea now you look at the first team and you see people like Tomori Abra- Abraham, Abraham mm. Reese James, uh, Kurt Zuma, mm. Callum Hudson Adoy, Ruben Loftus Cheek, Kante. Mm. There's, there's, there's so Lamptey, many. The young lad, Tariq Lamptey, through, and, and young you know, players like coming that. through yeah. to see how much progress has been made in in you know the the, the the past couple of years. It must it must be something that warms your heart. Um, a warm, a joy to see a man, black players coming. In. You can imagine the first time I was turned back at Chelsea, two thousand four, mm-hmm. against Man City. Um, I was so nervous. I'm coming to tube and I'm coming amongst fans that don't even recognise me. Mm. I've got my cap on and they, I, I know, yeah, man, we, we'll have them. And they're talking. They don't know me, but they're seeing me, looking at me, looking at me, but not me. To now, I know I'm walking on the pitch half yeah, the time. Yeah. Being asked to walk, I'm with the same Neil Barnett. I've walked all the way around. My legs are shaking. Jelly. Rough. <laughs> yeah, and every stand from the east to the west and all, they stood up and applauded me. Now that I can imagine that the crazy feeling. Was on that, the train now. Wait, can we see that guy on the train? Yeah. Mm. I know there was nothing because they were watching me. <laughs> now I see me go on the pitch. Yeah. Damn. Boom. Mm-hmm. Here I am returning back to my seat. Brother, I start to see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven black men in, in Chelsea. What, Drogba times? Drogba Brother, must have been man, there. I'm seeing Kalu. seven. Marcel, was that yeah. I'm seeing seven. Love. Chelsea. So I'm not right here. <laughs> Are they sure? <laughs> I'm serious. Mm. They? Yeah. Mm. There were substitutes or what? I don't know. But the man just tapped me so they kind of that's because of you, mate. Mm, you're the trailblazer. You're yeah. the one that so opened 100%. the door for yeah. all of these players to that walk That makes through. me proud. Mm. I got... Um, yeah. So it should. Sorry, so, just a quick question from my end. Would you say you're probably at your most relevant now to date. Um, obviously, we know that Raheem Sterling called out the media mm. on Instagram in 2018 in December. Mm-hmm. Would you say ever since then, you've seen a change towards um, you know the media when it comes to you in particular? So, for oh, example, when there's an incident, do they ring Paul Canneville now? Uh, noticeably. Um, the changes, don't get me wrong, I just told you, the media... What we have is a tool. Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook is a very big tool. And when you say something or something's seen and it's put on that, yeah, everybody's got answers. Everybody's got something to say. Mm-hmm. But the main people above are the ones who are supposed to be saying something. Yep. When I relate mm-hmm. with that, mm-hmm. I say the FA, I say UEFA, you know what I mean? I say, um, oh, I've got it. 
even premiership, all them, you you got the power. Those little th- those things that are happening now with racism, this is not just a, a, a racial football thing. This is society, bro. Mm, yeah, it's come to the game. Mm-hmm. These are some of the people that come to you and say to you, "I'm not, I'm not racist," but they come to the ground and call a man you nigger. Yeah, mm. and go away from. No, 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 it wasn't like that. I'm not racist, you know. Come on, bro. Who you talking to me? Who's what? I got cloth on my eyes. No, 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 bro. You ain't telling me that one. Right? I was facing racism when I was walking on the street back in the day down in Southall. Same Southall Middlesex. When I'm there with my sister, and at the time my mum wouldn't allow me not to go without her. So when I'm with my sister, we got to return back at a certain time. Yeah, your mother give you a time. Not one second after dinner. That time you got to be in. Yeah. Now, when you see a car... <laughs> I know that one. Yeah. 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 A driver car, what we saw, when the car drove past you and you saw the brake lights, slow down. That's trouble. Yeah. Because mm. I used to see skinheads come at that. Tack a black man just like that. So you just say, yeah, June, we got to go the long way around. Just for safety. Now, because I'm doing that thing of safety, I'm reaching back home late. <laughs> You're not going out nowhere. Don't ask mm. me. You understand me? So I see that. So when you come in and see me telling me and showing me racism here, and I go, nah, bro, this ain't nothing. Yeah, this is a big something. You've made it come here now in Chelsea. You lot need to do something. And I say the authorities. You know what I'm talking about. Chelsea authorities mm-hmm. need to do something, and which they try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's taking a little while, but you know what? Who's got to play a major part in this? Is our fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Paul, like we've covered a lot, we've touched on a lot of your career and your mm-hmm. life. So I just wanted to ask you, like, where are you now as a person? Have you found that inner peace? Do you feel stable? Like, where are you at in life right now? Inner peace is a factor where that comes all about. For me, obviously, what's happening, it could be deep. So where I am now is assisting with my foundation, it's the Paul Canaveral Foundation. We're helping youth. Of today, you know about the knife crime on the road now. Yeah. Um, what's it's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's really part to do with the system, and it's part in that these youngsters don't have nothing to fall back on. We don't have no workforce for them to give them, and this is what's been going on for a long time. I used to work in a youth club. When you got these kids coming out after school, some the parents are still working. Mm-hmm. So here, what well, give these guys something? Now we've closed the youth club. These kids ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. So what do you think they're going to do? They're walking on the street. Now, when you're walking on the street, who comes and stops you? What are you doing? Now, you always think a black boy is doing something wrong, but he's just walking. Or a woman, the girl is just walking. But no, you're perceived and seeing something. No, you're no good. So obviously, I'm going to give you cheek. As a young black boy, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm giving you lip. Here we go. Trouble. Then you're arrested for stupidness. Mm-hmm. So your, name, your name's now in the system. So that ain't going to help you now when you want to get some work. So it's what we do with these kids now, trying to give them back so they can work with their community. Some of them love football, but don't know that they couldn't make it. So we try to get them coaching badges. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's resilience. So where I've come from, you can pick yourself. Don't give in. Pick yourself up again and try again. Doing this, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the work. It's a lot more going to be doing to 2020. Um, working now to well ask to help out in the academy down at Cobham mm, that's good I'm looking forward to that so that's much great, yeah so this is where Paul Cannavoy is um, enjoying life 
That's and cool. I will. It's um, great to hear, Paul. It is. It, yeah. Trust me. If anybody knows outside, mm. it, you, you have to enjoy your life. Mm. Do, uh, yes, we all got to work because mm. we got bills, but we think of it. That's the last resort. No, mm. star. You still can enjoy life. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm um, mm. appreciate it's where we are now, and appreciate this um interview with you lads. Definitely, if so. <laughs> Paul, wow. we can't thank you enough for the time you've given Honestly. us. That As is. we've mentioned earlier, I recommend getting the book because it depicts your life. You know, football life. Mm. There's something for everyone to yeah, take out of, of this course, book, and that's course. what I love about it. Uh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Wow, so, this this yeah. really is an an, uh, an, an interview that we special. We like like we said already. We literally just scratched the surface, man. Mm. There are so many different things that we could still. Um, speak about and that's why we have to do it again we absolutely have to do it again (laughs) you know what I mean Um, it's it's been fantastic Paul massive shout out to you man thank you for for not only giving us this time but welcoming us into your home man Mm. giving us a day yeah yeah yeah, 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 (laughs) we're able to see how Paul Canneville lives you can enjoy something that you share Mm. Um, whether it's ups or downs that you can come out and talk about it and plenty I mean freedom to talk about it yeah um and I'm happy to do that. I feel that comfortable when I go out and do my motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel a way. It's still, I'm still learning mm. to this very day. And that's what makes me the person I am, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it involves a relationship, whether it involves work, that's where Paul Cannibal is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank 100% you. man alright we're gonna we're gonna leave it there listeners thank you very much for listening up until this point in time we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did um, before we sign out we just want to remind you all to make sure you're following us uh, on twitter at podcast underscore tbg also give uh, King Canners a a uh, a follow too and that's literally his handle at King Canners so make sure you follow him as well um just a reminder that our content is across uh, Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts make sure you leave a five star review um, if you would like to tweet any questions or any feedback on the episode um, please make sure you use the hashtag TBGpod we'll make sure that, um, that, that Paul sees all of the, the, the tweets and everything as well um, and I think that's that's pretty much it. Have I, have I covered everything, Dot? You know, I've got to look Five over stars, to you for the, yep, for the, the uh, stamp. So, guys, over and out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 